Hello, welcome to Meet Us in Paris, the podcast that today will be taking you on a journey of wellness travel. I'm your lead host, Tanya, and I'm in, I'm joined by my amazing co-hosts, Kristen and Zen. Hello. 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 Well, together today, we're going to dive into the fascinating world of wellness and how it can intertwine with travel or be the reason of your trip. I like that one, being the reason of the trip. So whether you're a seasoned wellness traveler or just curious about this growing trend, this podcast is for you. Not for Kristen. That's right. (laughs) That is right. We'll be sharing our personal (laughs) suggestions, stories, and practical tips to help you plan your next wellness getaway. From serene spa retreats to adventurous ecotourism destinations, we'll cover it all. And don't worry, we'll also make time for some destination fun along the way. After all, wellness travel isn't just about self-improvement. It's also about enjoying the journey and creating unforgettable memories. And before we begin or start our conversation, let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsor. We'll be right back in just a moment with more wellness travel. So stay tuned. Meet Us in Paris is sponsored by the University of California, Irvine Division of Continuing Education. Do you have an educational goal? At UCI DCE, we're here to help. With over 60 certificate programs available, we've helped over a quarter million students reach their goals, and we can help you reach yours too. You can find us at ce.uci.edu. Dream big, take risks, be amazing. Okay, so welcome back to the Meetings in Paris. In our previous intro, we talked about the concept of wellness travel, which means a lot of things to different people. And let's dig in deeper into some of our favorites. So I'll tell you what one of my favorite. So I don't necessarily do wellness travel. I think most people think of spas and things like that. And mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not much of a spa guy. However, what um, not as much recently, but I used to do things that were um, vacations that were physical trips. Oh, and yeah. So what I mean by physical trips is I've taken a week to go whitewater rafting. So I always like to see if I can push myself to like a physical limit. And so um, the first one I'll talk about is whitewater rafting. Um, so I went whitewater rafting down the New River in West Virginia. Um, we were on the river for a full week. And the way it worked is we and a bunch of uh, my colleagues got a uh, we went with a guide company because okay. we really didn't yeah. know what we were doing. Um, so the thing is that they'll teach you how to whitewater raft. Um, we had these we they had these big I think they're roughly um eight to 12 man rafts that were inflatable. You packed all your clothes, mostly bathing suits um, and shirts. And then you would go white water rafting during the day. They also had two man rubber duckies, which are inflatable rafts for two people. And they also had kayaks. So it was a series of different types of um, boats that you could take. And we went white water rafting. Um, it's really a lot of fun to be in a large, uh, larger white wire raft when you're with multiple people, because it's a coordination game, stroke, stroke, stroke. If someone's out of sync, you're going to hit other people. On the other hand, if you're doing a kayak, 
and I'm I like to do the kayak. I'm not very good at it, but um, if you flip upside down, you had to learn how it, you you're actually strapped to the kayak. You had to learn how to either flip the kayak back up, or you had to learn how to get yourself out of the kayak so you don't drown while you're upside down in the kayak. So throughout the week, we did that. Um, every night, we would pull off to the side of the river onto the beaches um and we would actually camp on the side of the beach uh, so oh. you, you bring all your tents out there you said every night um you know probably five-ish we would pull off set up the tents start up cooking fires all the food that we brought on the um larger rafts uh, is what we ate for the week so we had these huge coolers filled with food every night we would cook food bathe in the river um, dig holes with shovels and use the bathroom in the woods. And um, to this day, I remember one of the things is um, girls go upstream, boys go downstream. <laughs> and the way they made you remember this is girls pull their skirts up to use the bathroom. Boys pull their <laughs> pants down. <laughs> so... Oh, I pull my pants down. So we would go downstream and use the bathroom. And I just remember the first time, the first day, I had not... I, I've i gone camping before, but always where they had toilets. Right. And, oh. and I never... Um, does a bear shit in the woods? I've never used the, the woods to use the bathroom. So I actually had to ask one of my friends. It's like, um, exactly how do you use the bathroom in the, in the woods? And... They taught me a couple techniques on how to dig a hole, no? I'm sorry? You gotta dig a hole? Well, you dig a hole, right? So there's a couple yeah. of ways. Um hopefully <laughs> I'm not getting too detailed. So you have a lean by the tree. So you actually put your back up against a tree and you almost like you're sitting and you do your business. Um, but you're hanging from because you're leaning against the tree. Then there's they hang over the log pipe where you have find the tree that's fallen and you sit down on the tree and you hang off the log and then you can do the Asian squat. Those are usually the three that they suggest that are easiest. Um, so that's... You when know, they were you get, showing you, were people giggling? Like when oh, you're in no, I actually kind of I had to lean up to, you know, I walked up to buddies that I knew camped it's like, hey, um, oh, how okay. do I... Um, <laughs> How do I number two in the woods? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and wow. then, you had to, then you had to dig up, you know, dig a hole. You had to, it has to be so deep. Then you had to bury everything. You want to make sure that it will decompose properly and that type of thing. But it was quite, it was an amazing experience. Um, it was so much fun to go up and to actually do it for five days. Um, it's amazing. Um, I think the number of days that you go Whitewater rafting and staying on the side of a beach is the number of days that you'll find sand in your body parts after you do the actual mm. adventure. So, like five At days least. later, it's just like, is that sand in my ear? You you still yeah. have sand everywhere. <laughs> There's like sand everywhere on your body. So, um, that's my first experience. Um, my suggestion is you just. If you want to do something like that, find out where there's white water, look up all the different agencies that are out there, find a good review, and just go with it. It's it's a lot of fun. And you said this was in New Mexico? No, no, no. This was actually in West Virginia. Oh, okay. The what new, was I thinking? The New River. How, and, how did and you pick that place? Um, yeah. 
Well, I was living in Ohio at the time, and there's no white water in Ohio. So it's like no. going towards that side is some of the closest, nicest rivers. And yeah. I forget the name of the bridge. It's the largest suspension. I think it's called a suspension bridge. But essentially, it's one of these bridges that are so tall, people will base jump off of it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's like you, you I remember coming up to this um I'll look it up while we're talking later on when we're talking, but the bridge was so big. We we're coming up to it and there's like a small bridge that was like, we're a couple miles away and I'm looking, it's like, Oh, look at this bridge. I, that must be the bridge. And as we got closer and closer and closer, we realized the, the small bridge was closer to us. It just looked bigger at first. I mean, the, the big bridge was so big, the closer bridge we thought was bigger because there's no way that bridge back there could be larger. Anyways, it's a lot. It's, it's a, it was a weird thing of perspective, but um, yeah. give it a try. I don't know well, about that game, but I admire you. That's all or, I'm going to say. I'm not sure if I would do it now. Being on the wrong side of 50, no, nah, I would do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'll just watch it on TV. Thank you. <laughs> I can sit by it and listen to the everybody, but anyway. You know what? It's really fun because you don't always have to paddle. Lots of times you just sit ha. in the boats and <gasps> the river will take you're not going upstream, you're going downstream. We're letting the others do the work. That's yeah. why I was no. laughing. No, you just put your feet up and you can just kind of cruise down the river. You just yeah. gotta make sure that you're not you get towards the center so you don't hit rocks or get beached and stuff like that. So there's a lot of time yeah. for relaxation. But then there's a couple times where it's kind of um, intense when you're going actually down white water. Yeah. So. Yeah, I bet. Hmm. Huh. Well, right. I like. I think I even thought of this whole wellness thing because I've been on vacations where yeah, you're relaxing. So like one day you go get a facial or go to a massage, but that's not the point of the trip. Yeah. And um, I learned that there were places that people really specifically go to just for wellness. And um, years ago, my husband and I purely just out of wanting to visit to see the scenery, we went to Sedona, Arizona. Mm. So this is quite a drive. It's, it's the most annoying, like, from where we are, it's like, too short to really fly. And they probably don't have a great airport. But it was also a really long drive. So it was like, <laughs> I don't know to get to because you're pretty far north of Phoenix. But we just wanted to go for the scenery and like a getaway and we had taken our dog so we could go on hikes and stuff. And all over Sedona, like in the cities, there were all these like tarot reading shops and crystal shops. And it just seemed like more than normal. And I remember being like, this is so interesting. Is this like a place uh, like is this some magic crystal? Play? I don't know. So I looked it up and I found out that Sedona is a very popular destination for people who are looking for like a spiritual um, or rejuvenating experience. Um, so I like totally want to go back and experience that because they seem like some of the leaders in this. And even when I go to like Sedona, Arizona's like official city, like tourism site, they have a whole section that's just dedicated to the spiritual side of Sedona um, and it's talking about, you know, the Red Rock temples that are there 
and people come to experience their life-transforming, soul-nourishing work in person. Um, Sedona is a perfect place for spiritual and personal enrichment of the body and the soul, from healing massage treatments, yoga, spas, and salons, to hypnotherapy and retreats. Um, Sedona has something to offer. They also have a Sedona Metaphysical Spiritual Association, um, which is a great resource for learning about the spiritual and metaphysical side of Sedona. Um, And that also features a whole section on churches and places of worship, classes, counseling and coaching, fitness and yoga, healing therapies, hypnotherapies, massage, readings and psychics, retreats and centers, um, spiritual stores, spirituality tours, the works. Um, And it really is like a beautiful location where it feels you're really out of the way. It feels like you're pretty secluded and in somewhere totally new and beautiful. And I, it is a little like woo, (laughs) Uh, but I, I just love that they own it and that it is so like, that is what it's for. It feels like you go to Sedona to do all that. And I would just like love to do that with that purpose. Whereas when we went, we went to like just hike and, and be somewhere new, but like, I'm in this phase of life where I'm like, yes, I want to like do a moon circle. <laughs> oh, like cool. That. I did not know this. I knew Sedona was sort of like that, but eh. But now I'm on the website, like the Visitors Bureau you just mentioned. Yeah. And it is really cool. It has, I, th- I don't know why I thought it was just one thing, but no, it's all kinds of it's- all kinds of stuff. Weird, so, weird. Hippie, kind of hippie things, which I love. So, <laughs> yeah, so they're really into the spiritual, um, spirituality and wellness. And I certainly don't want to speak for them. I didn't get to experience too much of this side of it, but I do think that they really tap into a lot of the um, Native American heritages there. Yeah. Um, as far as like them being involved in some of their rituals and like people being able to experience that as well, which seems really cool. Um, so I feel like if anyone was asking me like, where should I go for a wellness retreat or I need, you know, total soul rejuvenation, I would be like, check out Sedona, Arizona. I can speak to how beautiful it is there. Um, I can't really speak to the spirituality side, but they certainly seem like a leader in this. So that'll be your, it's on your bucket list. It certainly just became yeah. one on mine. Yeah. Very For good. For sure. You sold Get me. your crystals and your Reiki I and your stuff there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. That's really good. I like that. All right. Yeah. So mine is forest bathing. It's Ooh. bathing with the giants. And when I say the giants, what I mean is the, uh, Avenue of the Giants up in Northern mm. California, the Redwoods, mm-hmm. one of the most scenic drives. Um, in case people don't know, it's a 30 mile uh, drive, 31 mile drive through the uh, Southern Southern Humboldt County. And it's a long and idyllic road. I was there last year for the first time. They're beautiful, majestic trees. Um, it's parallel to the Highway 101. And kind of like if you're not in a hurry you can go down that way it's just kind of a nice slow route um it's flat just really gentle curves and it goes through little forest um like hamlets and campgrounds picnic areas um rivers so it's it's uh it's just kind of a really kind of chill uh little passage um and then you'll just be kind of in a magical redwood forest so forest bathing or in forest therapy um, or in Japanese Shinrin Yoku was developed in Japan in the 80s and it 
broadly means taking in, in all of one's senses, the forest atmosphere. And hmm. it's hmm. bathing. Forest bathing is, is a simple practice. It's just not to walk in the woods, but to be conscious and meditative as you're being immersed in the sights and the sounds and the smells of the forest. So I got really into this during the pandemic and during and now during now and during the pandemic, the doctors were recommending this, especially for kids, because you know how they're so stuck on technology and even us adults are. It is a good just go do that. And and forest bathing has a dual purpose. It's part of healing yourself and then part to repair like the broken relationship we have with the world and the nature. Mm-hmm. So it is really just therapeutic. Um, yeah. And I thought it was interesting. I discovered that in Japan in the 80s, this form of meditation under like the canopy of a living forest has been um, now part of their national health program. Oh, wow. It's been incorporated. And there's a ton of, you know, literature, research on all its health benefits. Um, You know, it lowers your blood pressure, your your pulse, cortisol, all that is just, uh, it really kind of calms you down. So, um, so then in, you know, in Humboldt County is, is particular this one place that, um, let me see, it's in Mendocino. It's like, if you go to Humboldt uh, County, the Redwoods, you will find that. And, um, Mm-hmm. thousand year old trees ecosystem it's a beautiful place to go do that and um there are people now who are licensed in this and who will lead you on walks along the the avenue of the giants and different segments of it um and you know time slows down you relax and i wanted to say it's um like something i i i, I want to do and i'm I actually booked camping for some time at the end of the summer, but it's like, if you pay attention, it, it's a therapeutic method to take the trees in, to unwind, relax. So the sounds and the smells sound become more pronounced, lights and shadows and movements become like focal points. You listen yeah. to the wind, to the brook, the tiny insect, all that kind of stuff. So um, it's, to me, it's, it's really super I really like it. Um, and then I thought the other thing that was funny is that I discovered there's an association of nature and forest therapy. Oh. <laughs> there's always an association wow. for everything, right? So yeah. I, I went in there and spent a little time. Um, and so if anyone's interested in that kind of thing and, you know, we don't have to go to Humboldt, but it's a beautiful area, find a little forest somewhere. There is one here in Orange County. I'm going to tell you about it later in a minute because I can't remember. I just remembered it now. Um, it's in it's in Yorba Linda, a tiny little redwood grove in a park. And if you go, it's like a microclimate. You walk in there oh. and it's different. I'll, I'll say it in a little bit. Um, but anyway, that was my visit Mendocino.com, bathing with the giants. That's it. If I wanted to fly up there, what's like the nearest airport? Probably like um, maybe like. San Jose. Okay. Because okay. I remember we went to go see a friend is in Palo Alto and we picked her up from San Jose and it was, or San Francisco would probably be better. Wait. Yeah. San Francisco. Okay. Oakland, yeah. Go up that way. Cause you're still going up more up North. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Noted so the name Thank in a minute you. for everyone else to hear what the <laughs> little one here in Orange County is for those who are there. 
there. So are you guys all relaxed now? Yes. <laughs> and I want to be under the shade of a tree. And I want to go to Sedona. That's all yeah. really sorry. Yeah. And we'll just listen to the water. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think it's probably wiser than what I do. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> you have another one, Zen? Uh, yeah, um, I got a couple. Uh, I mean, because I, you know what, I, 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 I've done a lot of, I should say, stupid things in my life now. <laughs> uh, would you? I'll let you choose. White? Uh, no, I already said white water. How about long distance bicycling or splunking? I think I've talked about splunking before, though, too. Bicycling, do that because that's kind of, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when I was young, I was a Sounds very like a song. yeah. I know he's purchasing it. <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> too. That's a. It, I think it's an old Leonard Cohen song, actually. No, um, I love Leonard Cohen. Go on. So, um, the 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 uh, so when I was young, I used to be a hardcore bicycler, and what I've done twice is go on. Um, one hundred, well, one over one hundred mile, one direction trips by bicycle. I used to wow. be able, to, I used to be able to ride a bicycle hundred miles in a day. And what we used to do is we used to take God. bicycles. We had touring bikes. Um, we hired once again. It was an agency, just one guide who knew the roads and that type of stuff. And about a dozen of us set out on a bicycle trek from Columbus, Ohio, to the Cleveland area. And what we did is that, and it's Ohio, when you're outside of the cities, um, it's a really flat land, but it's beautiful. I mean, there's woods, there's, um, you know, the trees, but at the same time, there's so much farmland and there's little cities to go through. Um, It's just a really, it's a very, very wonderful bike ride, kind of like it's being outside with nature um, for so much of Ohio. And we would take our bikes, pack a week's worth of gear and clothes, and we would pack tents on the back of our bicycles, and we would bicycle from campsite to campsite. So we would. Uh, it took us three days to go the 100 miles one direction, and then three days back to go the other direction. Actually, there was a one-day rest in between. And um, so that's what you do is you, you get together you know, you, you hang out with your friends. Um, at times we go as time passed by, you could see who were the stronger bicyclers, who the people who were a little bit weaker bicyclers. Um, I was actually a stronger bicycler. So quite often, sometimes I would, I tried to hang out with the back group because if you are the, if you can lead them at a very consistent pace, you can be in front and I always called it breaking winds, but it's not that type of breaking wind, but you would, (laughs) You would create like a buffet around you, and if they care, if they hung out behind you, they would actually go within your um, within you. You would actually be kind of like a big sail, and they could follow you, and um, it wouldn't be as hard for them to pedal if you got a group of people like that. So you would try to get like if there's really areas that are like hard uphill, you try to get everyone together. Um, and then you, the person in front leads and it, it creates this kind of vortex that everyone can follow in. Um, and, and it's, it was a lot of fun at night. You would camp, tell stories around the campfire, be ridiculous when, you know, do ridiculous things. 
Um, we would go to the local grocery stores, pick up all the food. It, it's just, it's a really, really fun adventure if you like bicycling and being outdoors. Yeah. That sounds uh, really good. Yeah. It sounds, you know, like healthy exercise, kind of an all-wellness kind of thing. Yeah. And some places you can actually, now, I've never done this, but I've always wanted to do it. So, obviously, this is kind of a challenging thing for some people. That's a lot of miles for people, especially if you're carrying, um, we would carry about 24 pounds of gear on our bicycles. Wow. Now, <laughs> yeah, so, the, and oh, I was strong enough, it's like sometimes we would go to a campsite, and we went burn all of our wood, it's like, eh, throw the wood on my bicycle. And I would take it to the next campsite 30 miles away. Oh, <laughs> so like you have a tent, you know, you have all your clothes. Yeah, I throw a couple logs on the back of my bike because I don't want to buy more wood once we get to the next campsite. I mean, in retrospect, it's the dumbest thing I've ever done, but I just do it at the time. <laughs> um, and, and, we, and to add on to this, so that was a bicycle tour. They actually have bicycle camps in Ohio as well. So what they do is they have these camps where you actually, everyone stays, they actually have um, dorms or whatever you can stay. And then every single day we would um, wake up and they actually have bicycle kind of classes. So they would teach you how to fix your bicycle, how to make bicycle gear, how to light up, what kind of helmets and all those types of things. And then they would have tours from the camps. I mean, it was actually dorms or something like that. And so like, depending on how fit you were, it's like, okay, here's a beginner intermediate and here's an advanced. So like the advanced might do a hundred miles in a day. Intermediate might do something like 30. And then like the low level might just do a 10 mile leisurely ride, but you would have a guide take you out. So that was a lot of fun too, to go to a bicycle camp. Um, but I was saying, if if bicycling is too challenging for you, the one thing I've always wanted to do and I haven't had a chance is Hawaii has these bicycle tours. And what they do is oh. they throw a bike into a van. You get into the van with them. You know, they'll, they, they loan you the bikes to get you. They have like a couple, eight bikes, throw eight people into a van. They take you to the top of the mountain and then oh, you bicycle and then you down. down. Oh, wow. And, and so there's, yeah, so the thing is, there's lots of areas that there might be like, ah, you might have to go a couple hundred, like a hundred yards or two slightly uphill, but then it's mm -hmm. downhill again. And then up a little bit, just a couple hundred yards or flat, a couple hundred yards, and then it's downhill again. And mm -hmm. and the views, I've, I've seen pictures and videos of these things, and it just looks amazing. And it's like, you know, the next time I go, you know, I, I was too busy, busy trying to learn how to surf which I did not accomplish but that was the next thing I wanted to do is go bicycling downhill so so that's a, nice. my suggestion for anyone could do it and the best thing is you don't have to bring your own gear you don't have to have your own bicycle they give you the helmets they give you the bicycles they give you how everything. is that terrain going down it's it's road oh okay so they, they put you on yeah. yeah they give you they put you on actually like car road pavement going oh, down okay there. okay i could do that yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 so it's it's smooth it's smooth smooth going downhill and then of course all the local there's no reason to go up there except to look from the view and so there's not like a tremendous amount of traffic and then also all the locals know that people are coming downhill and then people going uphill who are not locals see all the bicyclers coming down and realize oh when i'm coming down i gotta be careful about bicycling so Right, 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 right. So, and yeah, nice. Yeah. When was so, the last time you either of you got on a bicycle? 
last week. Uh, not too long That's ago. Good for you, Zen, and you? Chris? Yeah, not too long ago. Um, we actually like to take my daughter for bike rides. We have that little attachment of like the <gasps> little thing in the back, like not the seat on top, but it's like the little like plastic seat you attach that pulls behind the bike. Oh yeah. 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 Uh-huh. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. I can't explain any better, but yeah, we like to take her to the park. Like we'll ride our bikes like that. To did the you do with that her, too so. with, with your daughter, Zen? You know what? I did not do that. And okay. it's a strange story is right now. My daughter's 13 and she's five eleven. Oh, wow. Yeah. She's oh. tall. She's actually t- a little bit taller than me. Last time and, I saw her, she was a munchkin. Yeah, she's she's if brought up. She, if you saw her, you would think she's like ready to go to college, getting close for college. Wow. Then she then she opens up your mouth, and you realize she's a thirteen year old. Yeah, yeah. So the thing is, and and she's always been this way. So she's always was oversized for her age. So when mm-hmm. I was wanting to put her on a bicycle when I was her she was young she was so big but she wasn't really able to hold herself up and I couldn't trust her on the bicycle so there's actually a baby thing where you can actually put them on this on the steering wheel and Uh-oh. so like yeah they got ones it's like a baby you can put them on the steering column and they face you the whole time so you can watch them the whole time and mm-hmm. by, and when she was that age she was already too big for the seats that fit on the on the handlebars and then oh, the wow. seats in the back. I mean, she was always too big, but she loves bicycling. So I'll go bicycling with her now, but yeah. And by the way, the best thing ever, I got an electric bike recently. Best <gasps> oh, thing ever. Those sort of scare me because I think it's like a motorcycle, but not. And then I don't know. This sort of freaks me out. Are, have you, you know when, ridden it? it? It's, this is how you use an electric bicycle in my opinion uh-huh. my electric bike has electric it has electric assist okay so mm, yes yes so they have um mine has five settings so like five you can actually pretty much put your feet up on the on top of the steering oh. column one is a light assist most of the time i try to have it on zero or one so okay. the thing is like if it's flatland i can bicycle all day long but like if it mm-hmm. starts to get hilly, like lightly hilly, I might put it on one and you barely notice that it's assisting you. But nice. if it's really steep, I'll throw it on five and bicycle up. And then you see anyone, the types of steepness I'm talking about, even if you're bicycling regularly, it's kind of hard to go up. So I, I'll put on more assists. But the idea is to use as least assist as possible, is my opinion. All the mm-hmm. new all the young people that you see using them is it's just they're using them as mopeds as motorcycles not, yeah. yeah they're using them yes. as motorcycles exactly and that yeah. kind of freaks me out a little yeah and then just, they, a lot of them modify them so they go faster than they're supposed to so mm. that's okay yeah. all right Do you okay. have yeah so i'm gonna take us down a notch and go back to relaxing <laughs> okay. Well, different types of wellness for different types of yeah, people. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Um, so I'm all about. Excuse me. Um, Yawning and being relaxed. <laughs> I know. I'm so relaxed now. Um, most people know in Iceland the Blue Lagoon, which is very popular, and it is very 
Um, it is like natural water that's pumped in and it's like geothermal, whatever, which is nice. And that in itself, I think can be like a really nice experience. But if you are just driving around Iceland, you will, one, you'll come across a lot smaller, um, like bathhouses and spas that are less touristy. And all of this is like just geothermal water. They don't really need to bring in any of this or anything like that. Or people will literally just go sit in what they call, I think the hot pots where you could just be off the side of the road and find like a geothermal spring and people will just go hang out in them because, um, Iceland just has all of these natural openings all over the place. And we did a few of those. And that to me was like very raw, um, unadulterated wellness. Like you're in beautiful scenery and it feels so natural that you can just show up to a little geothermal hot spring and just jump in and relax and just enjoy literally just nature everywhere. You can't even see houses nearby. And I think um, Iceland is such a good location for that, for being kind of secluded, being somewhere new, resting, relaxing, um, and finding those, the, the geothermal salt bath, like everything <laughs> there. And I know there's like maps of where you can find some of them. Um, they're not all like, they're all over. So you can find them kind of close to the city. You can find them further away. And I know we, when we were there, we even did a hunt and found, um, the cave where they filmed the scene from game of Thrones with Jon Snow and Egret, if anyone knows, but um, it's like not even marked. There was no signage, but it's somewhere that you could just go down into this cave and it's just hot water where people could hang out in it. Oh um, this is amazing. And I feel like, yeah, it's like you wanted it to be, we were with friends and we were just exploring. It was really fun. But like, if you wanted this to be a kind of like, relaxing, rejuvenating, like connecting with the earth experience. You could find that all over in Iceland and totally free too. Oh, I like do the expensive blue lagoon, um, <laughs> touristy area, or you can just do straight natural, very secluded rejuvenation aspect of it. That sounds amazing also. Yeah. Okay. So those are all over. Um, I guess I would recommend you go in maybe spring or summer rather than fall or winter. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's probably harder for some of us to brave the outdoor elements in, in too much cold. Um, yeah. yeah. But hey, if, if you wanted to, I think they're open year round. So I'm sure. Yeah. Do what you will. Yeah. Cool. Okay. I have a good question for you too. Okay. Mm -hmm. what? Have you guys ever had a mud bath? Yeah, no, I, no, but I want to really bad. I don't know why I haven't. What was your experience, Kristen? I, I've never done it. That's why I ask. Is well, like, okay. where did you do it, and where did you do it? Yeah, so it was pretty. What's the word? <laughs> um, curated, I guess. Oh. I did it at Glen Ivy Spa, so that Ooh. is um, near us. It's Riverside County, um, and they do the mud bath where they basically. You have the area where you go and they just have mounds and mounds of this specific kind of mud clay um, where you can wade into like a like pool of mud or you can just take the mounds and you just 
scrape it all over yourself. And then you even, they have like these little sauna rooms where you go to sit because you want the mud to dry and cake on you. Mm -hmm. And then you go and rinse it off. And it's supposed to be, you know, very um, cleansing of the skin and removing toxins and impurities and whatnot. Um, I just kind of had fun with it. Okay. It was hard to say how much the mud did anything versus I was at a whole spa. So I was in and out of different kinds of like um, plunges and saltwater mineral pools and all that other stuff. I'm sure all combined it helped. Like I felt great afterwards. Um, but I don't know how much of it was the mud or if that was just um, a placebo the effect. Day. Yeah, well, then the whole right. day of spending right. of the time there. I've been wanting to go there. I almost mm-hmm. went. Um, all right. No, yeah, it's I'm, it's fun. I definitely recommend. I'll take everything you're recommending, and I'll yeah. <laughs> I will celebrate all of um Zen's ideas. But have <laughs> you not done a mud bath, or have you? I've I've never done it. That's why I'm kind of curious because you know these kind of active kind of things that I've done in the past. I I think they're becoming going to become less and less. You know because why why um, you're old. no <laughs> it's just like I just. <laughs> I don't, I don't feel, you know, it's just like, as I grew older, it's just like, I don't think I can run. I don't think I could go a hundred miles. You know, I don't oh, you think mean you, yeah, my type of stuff, but like mud spots, right. those sound amazing, you know? So the thing right, is, right, that, right. you know, I guess, you know, I, I mentioned this before when my, when I was, my parents used to say, like my parents used to go to Europe when they were young and China and Asia and Egypt, all that type of stuff. And I said, you want to hang out in the United States with us? They go, you know what? When We're going to do all these long trips first because as I grow older, we grow older, we'll do things that are nearby because it will be yeah, nice. Sure. And the same thing that with me is that I think I've done all the extreme kind of things when I was younger. And now these more peaceful spa-like experiences are <laughs> things that I'm like, okay, now I, you know, now that I no longer can like, go surf with sharks or whatever. I don't know. I, right. I, I'll do these kind of more. <clears throat> that's why I was asking about the mud bath. It sounds really fun and appealing. To yeah. Me, so right. anyway, so yeah. yeah. So now I'm, I'm kind of getting to the point. It's like, well, maybe a massage sounds more fun than it does. You do. <laughs> biking a hundred miles. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I don't want to free climb or splunk anymore. So. Well, you could always <laughs> ride your bike to Glen Ivy. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and stay there overnight because you're going to be tired. <laughs> but they have like that yeah. trail. It's actually not that far. It's like 25 miles. And they oh, have like really? the trail from like Huntington Beach to okay, now I have to like inland, that. like Green River or something like that. Oh, I didn't know it's that close. It's not that far. Yeah. But it's even better with a car yeah. ride. <laughs> yes. It it's a little faster. Yeah. I was trying to ease you into your letting go of your activities. I'm completely okay with not doing um, overly physical things anymore. Okay. So, Tanya, <laughs> do you have one more? I do. I have one more um, that I was going to do, and now I'm not till next year. It is a five day retreat in the Italian Alps. Did I tell you guys Ooh. this? No. Okay. All right. So, it is an int- introduction to practice of self-compassion and meditation in nature and i 
met the instructor. Um, she teaches at the Susan Samueli Integrative Health Institute here at UCI. Mm-hmm. She, during the pandemic, I told you that I got really into this. Um, she did like a mindfulness in nature kind of a thing while we were like online. And, and her homework was to go look at a tree and listen to a leaf. It was quite funny. Um, wow. but it was really good. And, um, yeah. and so I just kept in touch with her and just listening to her talk makes you just relax. So um, because of her, I, I started to follow. So anyway, she um, changed her life, which I thought was really interesting. So so the whole thing to me is like the person who's teaching it, the location, and then the journey there. And then also what you're going to get while you when you go. She, she has studied, she's from Germany, and she studied international and cultural business. She's um, worked in NGO management. She has two masters. Um, and she's worked for like the European Commission and government agencies. And then one wow. day she decided to just, okay, I'm done. Now I'm going to do mindfulness and meditation and yoga. So wow. she turned her life and that's what she's doing now. And so now she's offering this um, in, uh, in like I said, the Alps in Italy at a Von Miso sorry, Monviso Institute. And she, it's, um, like, I get nothing for this. I'm just sharing it because I really want to go in. (laughs) So, um, like eight to 12 people can go. It's a small group and Monviso Institute is like an education, uh, research center for climate change in Ostana, Piedmont, Italy. And it's in, um, near Turin. I don't know, like Piedmont. I've never no, I don't know anything about the area, um, mm-hmm. but if, other than the Alps and anything I've read about it. And so the story with that, again, it's interesting. It's a village that um, in 1921 had 1,200 uh, population. And a few years back, it only had six people. <laughs> what? So the, uh, let's see, what is the Turin Polytechnic institute there just kind of it's a really historical area so they they all got together to try to see how they can rejuvenate this this area and so they decided to just kind of bet on it in the 80s and the village and the different people that had lived there and neighboring places came together and um created this um a cultural center which is going to be the home base for this this retreat called Le Porton, which is um, like 10 minutes away from the Institute. And they decided to just do the landscape um, and see if, if creating this place that talks and kind of is immersed in the, in the, in the trees and the mountains would open up like an Alpine village and things would, would um, kind of rejuvenate. And indeed they did. So like in 2015, they created this cultural center. It's in the middle of an ancient medieval village. And they did this amazing restoration, um, the architects at the Turin Polytechnic. And it's a structural, it, it was a structure that was old and they restored it to this natural kind of state, but a more modern version. Stone, wood, loose stones, these large, like, um, ceiling to floor windows that the mountains so something i was reading about is that 
this little village, um, like it gets so cold that they needed to have um, kind of uh, overhead places so they could see and get together and be warm. So the new building has these functional spaces that represent where the houses were connected with the streets. So corridors that were kind of like once connected barns now just connect like the different spaces. So, I mean, it, it's... um. Just looking at the pictures, like I want to go tomorrow and not do anything, just hang out there. So, so now it hosts all these international events and it's starting to grow, and that's where this this retreat is at. And um, let me see, I'm trying to think of what else. Oh, and then okay, so another thing I really liked is that you can do camping at the site, you could do glamping, Airbnb, you could be at a treehouse. A hostel. Oh, so you can do, you know, kind of whatever your level of, of you know, adventure, maybe. Yeah. Um, and it's Choose like, an adventure. yeah. So, I mean, I would want a room. It's good. Or a tree house. I mean, <laughs> a tree house. Um, and then uh, the workshop is, is a, um, like mornings they do like the, uh, what is it? Self-compassion. And then in the yeah. afternoons they do like nature meditation and outdoor activities um, half oh, yeah. a day of silent retreat, all that. And I love all that. I and then that. Uh, the meals are shared around a fireplace and pizza oven. And then they're going to have like um, Vietnamese food, but I had to look it up. What, the, what is that? It's, you know, hair, um, angel hair, leeks, peppers, um, just kind of Ooh. food around, you know, what, what, um, kind of, I guess, Northern Italian, I don't know what's up there to uh, Switzerland. Yeah. Switzerland. So, yeah. So it is, I think the whole encounter itself, like getting there, seeing that town, looking at the architecture, like I was sold. I just, it's in September. I can't do this, but next year I'm going to try to figure out how to do it. It just sounds magical to me. It does. That sounds so, beautiful. Um, Anyway, I even thought of like maybe get a few people that I know that would like it and see if we can get a deal or something. <laughs> well, hey, maybe if enough people sign up through hearing about this, she'll cut you. Uh huh. I might just have to tell her. <laughs> yeah. some people at UCI. No. <laughs> yeah. that. Anyway, thank you for letting me share. I was like so excited when you mentioned wellness. I'm like this. Anyway, yeah, that's perfect for I'm it. I'm in love with yeah. this. Well, that's great. We covered we covered everything from like total do-it-yourself to activity and then guided led versions of wellness retreat. So awesome. Thank you guys for tuning in to our wellness travel podcast. We hope that you guys had as much fun as we did. What do you think? Contact us on our social media channels where you can find photos of our adventures from around the world, interesting articles, and more. And also if you're newer to our podcast, be sure to listen to our podcast where we talk about travel horror stories best cheap souvenirs and booze hmm. <laughs> Midas in Paris is the University of California Irvine Division of Continuing Education Production if you need a career boost looking to increase your workplace knowledge or seeking a new profession check them out at ce.uci.edu for their professional courses and thanks again for tuning in bye bye bye, bye. bye.